Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of season three of Is That So? Today we have a very special guest. I first met this kindred spirit on the When Harry Met Daphne podcast. And of course, I said kindred because I had to invite her on the Is That So show. She is that tuned in. And so she's going to drop some jewels and we're going to talk about some real authentic stuff like we do, because you already know my mission statement is to assist others in developing the audacity to live unapologetically authentic. So Miss Renee Bergman, I want y'all to understand that she is a functional diagnostic practitioner and you can check her out at megaphonefunctionalhealth.com. But that's just, that's scratching the surface right here. We're about to get real deep with it. So understand that the theme of this season is about facing your shadows and being liberated from those shadows, those shadows being those areas of your of your mind that you are fearful of of facing because they usually contain these traumatic memories or it's attached. They usually shame is attached to these traumatic memories as well. So we tend to run from these memories. But again, wherever we go, there you are. You can't run from yourself, and that's why mind, body, medicine, and integration is so important. I say it all the time. In the West, we've been treating the mind and body as if they're separate, but you'll never find any headless people going to the pharmacy. You'll never find any bodiless people going to the pharmacy. The body cannot exist without the mind and vice versa. So it's important that we understand that we are an entire being, and this is just our human experience. Underneath this, the, these flesh and bones is, is really or what gives life to these flesh and bones, rather is the immortal spirit that each and every last one of us are. We are energetic beings. And so what you see as the merger of mind-body medicine as mind-body medicine and the the truth, the, the ancient truth, as well as the new technologies that are being revealed, the research that's being exposed through looking at mind-body medicine, you see that our energetic body contains multiple layers and there are multiple multiple components to who you are when you ask this question, who am I? And it's integral to understand every single facet of who you are because ignorance and freedom cannot coexist. Knowledge is power. And what that self-knowledge does is gives you the power to move from the passenger seat where you feel like life is driving you to the driver's seat of your destiny. That's an authentic life. That's what it means to live authentically. It means to live in your truth. And you can't live in your truth unless you know what your truth is. So I'm excited to have my guest on again. This is not my first introduction to this wonderful being, but I'm going to invite her on the stage and we're going to get into it. Some real talk. Miss Renee Bergman, y'all. Renee Bergman. Hello. Welcome to the stage. Welcome to the stage. It's such a pleasure to have you. I'm I'm excited to get into it. I mean, please introduce yourself to to my tribe, the Outlier Tribe, and just let them know what your passions are real quick before we dive deep. Absolutely. So I'm a functional health practitioner. My long title is Functional Diagnostic Practitioner. And basically what that means is I'm a health detective. And so people come to me feeling totally overwhelmed with, I don't know why I feel so bad. My body is just completely out of whack. And so I do all the investigating to get to the root causes of why things have gone awry. And that includes the mind, the body, and the soul. So we, a lot of people come to me because of the physical side, 
But like you said, Harry, you cannot divorce those from one another. And so we end up diving a lot into the mind and the soul and how those really just have a thread that cannot be unconnected from the physical happenings of our body. Mm, Okay. So in layman's terms, (laughs) Mm -hmm. what are we saying here? Why, Why would somebody come and see a functional diagnostic practitioner? Yeah, people come to me because their gut is out of whack. So they might say, I have a lot of reflux or I can't go to the bathroom. I'm struggling with feeling like I'm bloated all the time. Sometimes people come and say, my hormones are just a mess. A lot of women, my hormones never went back to normal after I had children. And I just feel like I'm a raging monster because my hormones are so crazy. I'll have men come to me because they feel like their testosterone is just tanked. They're tired all the time. They can't gain muscle. Things just feel totally out of whack. And then sometimes I have the extreme of people coming to me that they've been diagnosed with cancer and they're saying, hey, I want to get to the root of why did this happen? Why did I get this? I have people with autoimmune diseases that come along and say, I've done all the things that I'm supposed to be doing in in knowing what my diagnosis is. I've tried the medication but I still just feel really terrible. And I want to try and get to root causes of why these things are going on and what happened. And so we really work together to look at functional labs. So we look at the gut, which is a stool test. We look at their urine, which gives us all the insight into their hormones. We look at their minerals, which we take from a hair sample. Your minerals are what make you feel like you can get up and go throughout the day. We look at mineral deficient or vitamin deficiencies. So look at your neurotransmitters. That's where that brain gut access comes into huge play. Your neurotransmitters, your dopamine and your serotonin are so key in how you feel. And so we look at those, are those totally depleted? Why are they depleted? How can we boost them? How can they get them, get them firing again? So that maybe depression and anxiety can lift. We look at hormone stuff to make sure you can sleep. Okay. Have enough, all of it. You made, you definitely made your point. You definitely made your point right there. All definitely. Of it. Now I'm going to have to start up an appointment immediately with a functional diagnostic practitioner because that's I, right. You know, y'all doing a lot. Y'all doing a lot. Yeah. So I guess my outlier tribe, those who tune in weekly to the podcast, mm-hmm. they know that I, I'm being the nocturnal therapist, my pseudonym. Again, not providing any therapy advice here, but I deal with, I'm a trench worker, right? I, I, I deal with the, the hard stuff. I'm a, in my, actual practice, I'm a psychotherapist. So okay. the difference between a psychotherapist, and I know you know this, but just for the outliers who don't know this, psychotherapist versus therapist, psychotherapy, that's when we get into the adverse childhood experiences. Mm-hmm. We go into the entire human experience that the individual has as it, it had been through. Because those first years of, of one through seven, we're mm-hmm. pretty much, we're these little alien beings trying to understand the world. And so we're most suggestible during those years. And that's when a lot of these deep algorithms are formed that then manifest and carry out different schemas or different ways of operating in life throughout the lifespan of an individual. If you have not heard about adverse childhood experiences, all you have to do is look up ACE, Mm A-C-E. But something that I give all of my clients in my practice because it's so important. Just answering those 10 questions tells me so much about an individual. They don't have to say anything else. I don't need to know their name or anything else. All I need is see if if they score a four or higher. If me being specializing in trauma, it's pretty, I know what comes along with that typically. The only thing that changes is people's resiliency. 
So depending on the resiliency factors, certain things may not manifest, but all in all, we all going through the same thing. So the human yeah. mind is more like a CPU. And so let me just back up for a second Yeah. and say, now for the outlier tribe, why, how, or, or, or why, please explain to the outlier tribe, why would I invite on a functional <laughs> di- a diagnostic practitioner yeah. to talk to them about facing shadows? Absolutely. Man, you just, you can't imagine the amount of my clients that have extreme trauma. I would say um, it's about 95%. And I know that because of my own story. So my own story was I hit 34 and my whole body began to shut down. I hit a massive wall where I was just not okay physically. I woke up one day, my face was gigantic, super swollen. My whole body was shutting down. They were saying I had early onset lymphoma. I saw every doctor imaginable because everything was super confusing. And guess what my ACE score was when you bring up the ACE score? I'm a a 10. I'm a a 10. You scored a 10 on ACEs. I did. Wow. Okay. Okay. Please. Well, please tell us more about that. Yeah. So I know a lot about the ACE score. I know a lot about its impact. I know a lot about how psychotherapy really goes to those childhood core wounds and things that have just really mapped your whole brain. And I experienced a lot of abuse as a child. I experienced not intentional neglect, but neglect out of having a single mom that was totally overwhelmed and had been left and had never worked before in her life. She was a stay-at-home mom when my parents divorced and I was pretty young. And she didn't have even have a high school diploma. So she didn't know how to care for three kids financially. And that led to some really dark things in my childhood. And it is not without, it's not lost on me as I went through my own healing journey and I began to figure out what was happening in my body that that childhood trauma was so interconnected. And I had to go through the work to do all the deep dive digging. It was painful. It was hard. I had to name that I had been abused. I had to name who my abusers were. I had to name neglect. I had to really just go all the way down. Mm. So let's let's, let's talk a little bit more about that. The outlier crowd, this is a lot of people don't have the, some people wouldn't even be able to listen to what the, some of the things that we talk about here, but I'll lie crowd. This is why they show up mm-hmm. because we understand that a diamond only becomes a diamond when it undergoes tons, millions of tons of pressure. And mm-hmm. so you see some of the brightest stars come out of the darkest yes. nights. And so this is so important. So how, for, for my people, how, does your childhood, how did it make that connection? Why, mm, how did the switch yeah. happen where you figured your childhood? Because most people say that happened way back when there's no reason to think about it. It's over and done with hell. The person's dead. At least one of them are dead. There's no point in I'm grown right. now. Why right. would I look back at that? Yeah. The, the brain is such a complicated part of our body. And to be honest, m- even the most studied portions of the brain, we maybe understand like 50% of how it works. And so I think it's important to understand that because it's important to understand there are pieces of what our brain does that we have no idea how it interacts with the rest of our body. But the parts that we do know is we know that we have neural pathways. And neural pathways are these grooves that form in your brain 
that have everything to do with things that you learn as a kid or learn in your environment. Typically, like you said, between ages zero to seven, where your parent is really guiding you and leading you. And so your brain forms these grooves of how it's supposed to interact, how it's supposed to react when there's fear, how it's supposed to react when it feels like it needs nourishment, how it's supposed to react when it needs love. So if during that childhood time, you have these neural pathways that have been formed, these grooves in your brain that you weren't loved, that you weren't cared for, that you your body was used in ways that a child's body is not supposed to be used, if you have not been provided for in the basic necessities of what you need, your brain is telling your body that it needs to disconnect in many ways. And so what happens a lot of times in trauma is a lot of people have this like disconnection from what they feel, right? So it starts with disconnection of their feelings. Well, your emotions and your feelings are your first center of telling you something's wrong, right? If a bear comes at me, my emotions should tell me to run. Well, if I've been trained that it's okay to let that bear attack me, then I'm not going to have that reaction. Well, that's bad right? So then it's going to hurt my physical body. So that's a really like extreme example of it. Well, that happens internally to us as a child and into our adult life, where if we experience these things and neural pathways weren't formed in the correct ways, all of a sudden our body, our emotions have decided, you know what? Our emotions didn't do anything for us. They didn't protect us because the adult was supposed to protect us, right? So when we had emotion, the adult was supposed to step in. They didn't step in. So all of a sudden, your emotions have become something that your body can't trust. So then what happens to that? That's where the physical body comes in. So then the body physically begins to react to that. We have hormones that release based off of our emotions and the way that our brain releases different neurotransmitters and different hormones. So all of a sudden, the body, the different parts of the body begin to shut down and begin to not function the way that they should. You ever heard about having a stomach ache because you've seen something really horrific, or maybe even you have a, a an actual visceral reaction of vomiting upon seeing like something really terrible or experiencing something really terrible. That is because your physical body is so interlinked to the brain and to the emotions. Yeah. So if those weren't connected correctly, guess what? Later in life, your physical body is just going to take on all the stress that it experiences, not listen to the emotions, not deal with things, do what we call stuffing, right? Stuff Mm -hmm. everything down, push it down. That's not just a, a gentle term. That is a terrible term that basically tells the body and the emotions to be ignored. And eventually you're going to have gut dysfunction. Your hormones are going to go awry. You're going to have depression, anxiety, confusion on why you feel foggy in your brain because all of those pathways are all intertwisted and they're not they're not firing the way that they're supposed to. So yeah. sure someone your abuser dies, it that doesn't matter. That actually can cause even further damage because you never got to resolve what happened in your childhood mm. and your brain is confused. Mm. Your brain doesn't know what to do with it. Mm. And when confusion so, when confusion is there and again mixed beliefs create confusion what the brain ties and codes to that confusion is shame. And the shame yes. is it points yes. at you. 
and says, you're the reason for this shame. Mm -hmm. And then that's where we hide all of these unresolved traumatic memories and experiences in these shadows attached to shame. The shame, shame is the, that one emotion that repulses every last one of us. When we think about our shame, it makes our skin crawl. Yes. And that it's, it it becomes, it's, that's the reason why it has such a strong gravitational force Mm -hmm is because it's a space of disbelief and shock there. I can't believe I experienced or I did this to survive or whatever it was. It's a misunderstanding of oneself. And this is where I say, again, ignorance and freedom can't coexist. When you go down there, you'll be in awareness, bringing your your awareness down there, being that light. When you see your truth and understand yourself, mm-hmm. now the brain can begin to resolve it, these, these unresolved traumatic experiences with more information from a more mature yeah. mind and then form new neural pathways. Yes. And, that's, and that's really how you allow that trapped energy when you push it down because the body keeps the score. That's how oh, you yeah. allow that trapped energy to begin to be released. And I don't want to, I, I don't want to, I don't want to go on too much because I'm just so excited. Like I love, I know I, yeah. I love having you on here and your knowledge base. And I just love it. Polyvagal theory, when you were talking about disconnection. And so one of the things I teach my people is that there's three stories according to the polyvagal theory, which gives us a, basically an understanding of how the autonomic nervous system or the automatic part of us, how it perceives and responds, helps us to respond and form a story. So it's three parts of that vagus nerve, the ventral vagal, the sympathetic system, the ventral vagal is a parasympathetic system. That's when we want to engage with people. Mm-hmm. The, the Right underneath that, the sympathetic, which is the fight or flight. That's, that's when we want to protect. And then underneath that, the oldest part, which evolved 500 million years ago, is the dorsal Vegas system, which is the the freeze system. This is the immobilization. This is when we play play possum, as it were. And so, for mm-hmm. people who have been assaulted, I have to explain to them if, if because there's a rational guilt. Of course, always around our shame is a rational guilt. And yeah. so, I have to explain oftentimes that when you when a person says, "I should have fought harder," mm-hmm. I have to explain that no. When you have a bear or a person that's two, three, four times larger than you. The moment that you said to yourself, your thinking mind said, I cannot escape, the autonomic nervous system received that message from the thinking mind and said, it's time to go into the dorsal vagal system. It's time to immobilize. It's time to conserve energy because that's our best way to survive this attack. The same thing that it's supposed to do naturally when a bear, whenever you can't escape from a bear, it's fight, flight. That don't work. We go down the freeze. And that's what it is. And so we have to understand how we operate energetically so that we can be liberated from these false notions of who we are. We've attached so many things. Let me just pause. Let me pause. Let me pause because I I get excited. I get excited. So please continue, continue on your your journey. I want to fast forward maybe a little bit in and let's talk about and I know you're already you were already alluding to it, Mm -hmm. but you said in your 30s. This is this is something that she's spoken about before, not on the show yet, but yeah. in your 30s, you hit a wall. Mm-hmm. And in this wall, I would love for you to elaborate, if it's okay, yeah. uh, on what this thing that you call a wall was. What do you mean by you hit a wall in your 30s? Yeah, I I really believe that all things sort of collided at once. So I'd had a lot of trauma in my childhood. I had a very traumatic event. I lost a child. In, in birth, during birthing. 
and almost lost my own life. So had a very traumatic experience. And then I think that my body just, I, I lived in that fight, flight, or freeze place for so long. And I really had not done, I had done some of the work in my childhood trauma, but I hadn't done all of it. And then I had traumas that came on top of them that were really intense. And so I really believe that I became this perfect host. I talk a lot with my clients of like, why is your body receiving what it's receiving? Why are you the perfect host for whatever this parasite is or hormone dysfunction? What what has gone awry that's allowing your body to receive that, right? And oftentimes, not oftentimes, it's always stress. It's stress of some kind. And so for me personally, my body finally just went, I can't handle this stress anymore. And so I had massive infections that ravaged my body. And it's because I had been stressed for so long that my cortisol levers were so out of whack. It totally affected the way that my gut was functioning. It left open gaps for my gut to receive in parasitical activity. Parasites can do a number on your body. I mean, they can just wreak havoc. They can cause your liver to go into failure. I was having really high liver enzymes where my liver was not functioning. And really every, every system was sort of screaming out physically for me. So what was hard is I was trying to push through. I was a mom. I had two small children. I was married. I had a very busy life. And eventually my body just said, we can't do this anymore. You have to deal with it. And so I approached it from all ways. I ended up seeing a functional practitioner that we I actually went to a clinic here in Phoenix that treats cancer naturally and autoimmune diseases and Lyme disease from a very functional approach because they look beyond just the diagnosis. They go deeper. And one of the things that kept coming up is you have got to deal on a deeper level with trauma. And so I sought out doing EMDR. I did EMDR for the trauma of the loss of my son. And I continued to do work around a lot of the abuse I had incurred. I finally told my one of my parents about the abuse that had happened, which was very freeing, very painful. There wasn't like a lot of resolve in it, but that it was really good to name it and be able to be to state my truth of what had happened to me that was wrong. Uh, and 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 release that person of the allowing that wrongdoing to happen to me to extend forgiveness to work through a lot of the shame that I had. Oh gosh, when you talk about shame, you you just shame it just piles on top of you when you've experienced massive trauma and when you've experienced abuse. Your body just feels like you've all you're always doing something wrong. I just felt like I was constantly in a state of I'm not doing enough. I'm not a good enough mom not a good enough wife. I'm not a good enough friend. I'm not good at my job. I'm not good at being fun. And I'm like the most fun person there is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a seven on the Enneagram, <laughs> but shame will do that. It will, it'll morph you into this person that you don't want to be, that you're afraid of being, that you actually become. And so I had to deep dive. I started seeing a therapist on a consistent basis that was like you said, more diving into trauma and was a psychotherapist, really getting to those dark shadows, working a lot on my own personal just ego and how I felt about myself and having confidence, learning to do things for myself and not just get lost in in my kids because that was an easy escape to, well, I'll just let my kids be the the show of my life. 
and you can't do that. You've got to have your own passions and excitements. And so it was amazing to watch as I healed the physical, I did all the stuff in the physical, but as I healed the emotional and the spiritual, seeking out my own spirituality of who is God in my life and who do I believe he is and how that impacts me. And and everybody has their own spiritual journey, but that was a key component for me to deep dive into all those places. And it's amazing. It's like boulders just came off my back. So much. You said so much. Okay. I know. I know. I'm sorry. And like you, I just get all rambly and keep going. No, 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 no. Everything you said was beautiful. No, you, you but, it, but it's so rich. Everything that you said. If you're seeking a life coach, nocturnal therapist is the name and mental alchemy is the game. If you want to understand how to transmute, transform and transcend these challenges and these challenging emotions, Find me at the School of Outliers at becomingoutlier.com slash links. Again, that's becomingoutlier.com slash links. Stay lit and agape. The last part that you said, how did, how did, would you prefer the term spirituality or religious beliefs? I think I would say spirituality, because I think religious beliefs are something that you feel like you have, that you have to do. And, and I was raised in a Christian home. I was raised in a very religious belief system. And so as I sought my own healing, I had to discover what, what do I believe spiritually about what is inside of me and what my experience is in the world and with a higher being Because the religious beliefs and the active doing of the things, there's beauty in that. I actually really love religious practices when when you're able to break free from them being a a demand on you. When it's a demand and when it's a, a call of there is nothing else for you to do or there's any spiritual oppression or forcing of that, it's not, it doesn't help. It's just a law, right? So like law doesn't help you. But freedom brings this beautiful, amazing ability to interact with a religious belief system, maybe going to a church service and and in being a part of communion serving and experiencing that, where when you believe it in a spiritual sense that you have freedom in your spirituality and you can interact and freely speak to your higher being, for me, God it changes the way you feel about it. It doesn't feel like this rote, painful thing. Many people have religious belief systems that were imposed upon them and that they feel very bound by. But spirituality has so much to do with freedom and a breaking of bonds and getting to have your own journey in it. And so that's really what shaped and changed me. And It's what I call a return... If you don't mind describe it as such, and please, if you disagree, please jump on in. For, yeah. for me, it's a matter of what I call a return or what Marianne Williamson has, has, has coined as a return or describes as a return to love, yes. and that you are constantly shedding off what it is that you've inherited yes. and returning yeah. to what is inherent to you. Yeah. Because whether you remember it or not, there was a point in your life, in your existence, where you were completely your authentic self. Yes. You came into beingness like this. But yeah. again, the environment, my sister scored a 10 on the ace. That says that she is, in my opinion, based off of the fact that she is where she is right now, speaking the way she is right now, as far as I'm concerned, she's a damn gangster. 
She is, yeah. and I mean that in the most positive, mm-hmm. in the best yeah, way. Yeah, absolutely. She is a G out here because to 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 score a 10, mm-hmm. the algorithms that are formed with that level yeah. of trauma are, I mean, they are so strong. And when you form an algorithm based off of fear, mm-hmm. fear catches our attention like nothing else. This is why media uses red and other fear yes. tactics to grab our attention because that's fear is very predictable. That's the one emotion that it's easy to predict how people are going to respond to. And that's because these waves, these neural pathways that we formed are so deep when it's tied to safety. But again, the healing happens when you move from your story of disconnection. Again, thinking about mm-hmm. the Vegas, the Vegas nerve, the three stories, story of connection, mm-hmm. parasympathetic, story of protection, sympathetic, and mm-hmm. the story of disconnection, the dorsal vagus. And so story of protection, story of, of connection, protection, or disconnection. When you experience that level of trauma, you are in the story of disconnection. This is mm-hmm. why you stuff down your feelings and mm-hmm. people experience chronic numbness, yeah. almost to the point where in adulthood, even though the traumas are over with, it's a state of emotional purgatory mm-hmm. where you can have some pretty deep lows. And you can have some highs, but the highs are never as high as they really could mm-hmm. be because we've suppressed a lot of these emotions. Yeah. And what we don't realize when we do that, when we say, mm-hmm. I don't want to experience this painful emotion over here, so I'm going to suppress mm-hmm. it. At that same moment, you've made a decision to suppress all of your emotions, including your high emotions like joy, happiness, fun, play, all of that. Yes. You know, you've been through a lot yeah. of trauma and you find it hard to have fun now or play. You're mm-hmm. always in a state of paranoia, it's because that's sympathetic. You're locking that sympathetic system. The PTSD, for example, that's when that sympathetic system, that fight or flight, that button stays on. Mm -hmm. If a bear, if a bear comes after you, that interaction is going to end one of two ways and it's going to end very quickly within Mm -hmm. within about 15 minutes or so. Yeah. When you spend 15 years or more Mm -hmm. locked in the same state, those neural pathways are now interstate highways. Yes. They are advanced. They got black top on it. I mean, yes. they they have state mm-hmm. troopers that are guarding, making sure nobody's speeding. Like it is a yeah. well-developed area. And so when you start to do that trauma work, the reason why it's so mm-hmm. challenging is because literally you're charting a new course. You're yeah. developing new neural pathways with yourself. Yes. And yes. that requires you to go back to your center and understand who you are by also understanding who you are not, which is yes. your shame. Your shame does yes. not represent who you are, mm-hmm. but who you are not. That's the yes. reason why it repulses you. The things that represent who you are, notice you naturally gravitate towards it. It excites you. Your eyes light up. That's you. When you get mm-hmm. that feeling, that's you. That's your inherent self. Your shame, this is inherited. The difference between guilt and shame, guilt says I've done something wrong. Shame says I am wrong. So when Mm -hmm. you carry that level of shame with you, everything that you do gets colored through that lens. I am wrong. If I'm a parent, I am wrong as a parent. If I am a spouse, I am wrong as a spouse. If I am an employee, I am wrong as an employee. Anything that I am, I am wrong. I am defective at doing it because that's the algorithm. That's the lens that I've adopted. And it requires you to, to, to develop a new neural pathway, a new relationship with yourself by becoming emotionally intimate. Once again, yeah. okay, I'm 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 a show. I just get so excited when you're. I know. I'm so happy to have you on here. I'm so happy to have you. Yeah, on here, I'm um, so glad to meet you, Harry. It's so good. I think 
I think what's real, really fascinating about this whole world is this is not just science for the sake of covering how things work, right? So there's beauty in that. Like I love, I love the sciences. I, I find them fascinating. I love to study how things work and how things function. But this is the science of how do you live and thrive in the world? And how do you give of yourself in the way that you are designed to give of yourself? And you can't do that if that shame narrative is just a gigantic boulder on you. You cannot do that if your physical body is just a wreck and you feel awful. You can't do that with depression and anxiety. There's always this cloud. And I love when people really start to understand all these connections and how they stack on top of each other. I mean, I love your connection. What do you say? Connection? What was the middle one? Uh, story of connection, story of uh, protection. protection, and story of disconnection. And story of disconnection. So I lived so much of my life in story of disconnection. When I began to understand that I disassociated, like there, there were times in life, even in my marriage, when I started to recognize it and I started to name it to my husband, there was such an unbelievable gift that was given to us for him to understand how what had happened to me. He had always been so saddened by what my story was and how I'd been hurt. But I think he couldn't understand why sometimes I would be so present and then all of a sudden I was gone. And it would happen in the middle of being with people. And oftentimes it would be around someone sharing their story. And so they would share a piece of their story. And what my brain would do, it would go, we need to freeze. We can't handle this. And I would literally leave. I would emotionally and kind of even in my eyes leave the environment. And when that would happen, people around me, I think, would be confused because there were times where I could be so engaged and leaned in and then all of a sudden just totally out. And I had no idea why it was happening. I really didn't recognize it for a lot of years until I finally started doing deep dive in therapy and saw I'm disassociating. That's what's happening. My body is is physically freezing. And so it made sense that my body finally went in a physical reaction We've done the disassociating in the the brain side of things and in the emotion side of things, and now the physical has caught up and it's frozen and it, it can't do what it's supposed to do anymore. So you got to fix it. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just going to stay a wreck. Yes, because the body keeps the score for every thought oh, that you yes. have. There's a corresponding impact on the body. So when you psychologically, when you make the psychological decision to dissociate, Yes. And you stay in that decision and you are yes. committed to that decision. Mm-hmm. Eventually, your body will respond yes. in kind. And you also experience that in the body and in the, in the, in literally your physical presence. You mm-hmm. begin to flee or yeah. associate, leave your body. It feels it's. Yeah. 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 It's really I mean, so many of my clients, when I begin working with them, we start. We haven't even touched on the Enneagram very well much, but that's OK. So with the Enneagram, I use it as this amazing tool to kind of help people. It's it's this really basic format of nine different personality types to sort of understand why you relate the way that you do. It has this incredible power. It's like a GPS mapping for people of like, how do they relate and perceive to the world? It describes why you think, feel, and behave in particular ways. And it helps you understand your core motivations and your fears 
and your core desires. And so I use it as this really easy tool to help people understand there's so much underneath of what you've experienced. So you don't have to have a 10 on the ACE um, score to have physical like implications to your body. You could have a very low ACE score, but lowercase traumas can do just as much damage to the body. And so people start to understand what their Enneagram number is. And and it's not for me. I'm like, I don't really care about all the Enneagram memes and all the like hype around it. My reason for using it is for people to really see what things shaped and formed me to become who I am and how do I interact then with the rest of the world? How do I interact with others that didn't have the same experiences? And then oftentimes it leads to me saying, I would love for you to seek out a therapist. I think it would be so great for you to do some deeper heart work. I'm not a licensed therapist. I know some great licensed therapists that you could really deep dive into some of these core longings and weaknesses. And you will, you will physically see your healing journey just explode. As we do the work, you do the work with me physically and you work well with a therapist and do the deep diving work you will be blown away at how much you will have freedom and release of those awful feelings of shame and fear and freezing. And you will physically start to digest food better and your brain will feel less foggy and your hormones will come in balance. You'll feel like you can actually do life again. It's just phenomenal. It's such an amazing We don't see things as they are, but as we are. And so- Yeah. Oh, that's such a good statement. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, that's I, I, it's a lot of quotes that I say, some of them from like mm-hmm. either Buddha or Jesus himself. Yeah. But then others from philosophers and, and, and psychotherapists and whatever psychology. But anyway, I don't remember who said that one, but I, it stayed with me because I know it's a universal truth. And I remember that because when I'm feeling because it, there's still moments, I'm still human. So there's still moments where I can fall into a depressive state. My last deep mm-hmm. depressive state was maybe a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And that's when I came out and learned. It wasn't this that brought me out of depression. It was really the message that I, I received the code. I received in, instantaneous inspirations from time to time when I'm meditating. Mm-hmm. And the code that came to me was when you seek to seek approval from without is already to experience disapproval from within. Mm. And so then that turned me back to the universal law. We don't see things as they are, but as we are, perception is reality. How are you perceiving yourself right now and why? When there's so many different ways that you can perceive yourself, Harry. And so then I'll discover the, the human design, which I use again as a tool, but it's a combination of the Enneagram, the Jewish Kabbalah, the, the I Ching, which is Taoism, as well as the Enneagram and Myers-Briggs. And it's fascinating how accurate it was for me, because again, I needed, I needed to really see what was mm. going on, why these experiences, because when you don't know why these painful experiences happen, your mind default response is to code it as shame. When you experience pain and, you, and your mind does not understand why that pain happened, it will blame you. It will code it as yes. shame. It will blame you and it will try to motivate you to push it in the closet, which you mm-hmm. will do at some point yeah. in your life, early on in your life. But until the unconscious becomes conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. That's Carl yes. Jung. And so it's about facing these shadows so that you can experience more authenticity in your life. Mm-hmm. And by more authenticity, I mean live more in your truth or be your most authentic self. So now we're moving from, if you're familiar with the uh, Maslow's hierarchy of your needs, 
removal mm-hmm. from safety all the way up to self-actualization. Most people don't reach the self-actualization component. Very few people reach that. But the way that you do that is by facing your truth. And again, you got to feel safe. So if, you, if you're out of that dangerous situation, but yes. your code, your algorithm still says that you're in danger, it doesn't matter. Like our mind can say that a bear is there when no bear is there. Again, mm-hmm. we are the most anxious we've ever been in human history, even though we're the safest yeah. technically that we've ever been in human existence. It's so true. Well, I mean, I, I think that that's a big part of where our our world has kind of gone wrong is we live inside trying to always protect, trying to always shield and keep ourselves from the outside world. And that's not a good thing for our bodies, like going out in nature. And today I was hiking down a mountain and it was definitely a steep portion where My heart needed to race. I had a little bit of adrenaline, like, oh, this is a little bit scary. And I needed to pace myself and I needed to get my heart pumping and be out in nature and experience fresh air. All of that highly impacts the way that our body is. The fact that we don't harvest our own food, I wish we had more opportunity for that. It's very difficult. I have chickens. That's about all I got. (laughs) So I go and harvest my eggs in the morning when I want some chick, when I want some eggs. But we, we've gotten away from that idea of being one with the outside world and nature. And we have all these toxins in the way we build houses and things like that. And it's inevitable. We're going to have to have those things. I mean, we have this computer, which is beautiful. It enables us to listen to something like this. But you have to break free from it. You have to walk away from it because this is not real relationship, right? Harry and I are not touching one another. We're not face-to-face we need to go and be with our families and be with our kids and roll around in the grass with our kids and be silly and put on bathing suits, even though the world tells us that we need to look like we're a supermodel and we don't feel like one. And we need to jump in the pool and experience the cold of that water. And all of those things just ignite all the the parts of our body that are supposed to fire appropriately and help us to feel like we're alive, right? And so- it is, it is an interesting thing when we think about how technology has come so far and yet we have the most anxious and un, I'm trying to think of the word, almost a lot of Peter Pan syndrome, like a lot of people that don't feel like they want to grow up or that they know how to grow up or that life feels too hard. Not that they aren't doing it. I think that they are, but that feeling inside. And so much of that comes from our environment and and segregating ourselves and staying really with this tunnel of just us and not getting out and being in community and in in nature and things like that. So I could go on and on about grounding is what it's called to ground yourself to the earth and to feel that you are alive and have sensations and experience joy in those ways. Oh no, I lost your sound. Can't hear you anymore. I lost my sound too. I was totally on. There you go. Totally muted myself. And by doing that, by doing that with that intention of just being present, it's in that present moment that you begin to experience that sense of healing because what's happening to you on a cellular level is that you're allowing yourself to go to the parasympathetic state or Mm -hmm. the story of connection, love and connection. I'm going to step out for a moment, sister, and I'm going to just give you the floor if you have something to say to the people, anything you want to say, let them know what you got going on and whatnot. I'm on. So I would love if you are interested and you'd like to share a little bit about what you have going on physically, I'd love for you to go to my website. You can book a free consult. You can also on my website, you can go on and 
when you go to the contact me page, there's an area for you to put information. If you just want to put a bunch of stuff down so that I have an idea of what's going on, you can absolutely do that. Or you can just come cold. I love to hear people's stories. I love to hear your individual story. I'm a very practical practitioner that looks at who you are and what your journey is and helps you figure out your healing journey specific to what your story has been. And so I'd love for you to do that. Go to Megaphone Functional Health, book a free consult, and I'd love to connect with you and mention this podcast. And I'd love to give you an amazing discount because I just love Harry and I love everything he's doing on this nocturnal therapist website or podcast. It's just the best. So Thank you so much, sisters. Thank you so much. Y'all, y'all heard that outlier tribe. She's giving y'all a discount just from just from being yes. a part of the tribe. And we definitely appreciate that love, sister. You have anything else you wanted to say to the people? I'm just so grateful for people listening to this. It is encouraging to me that there are more people out there that are wanting to keep deep diving into their stories and figure out to be whole human beings that get to really give to the world what they were designed to be. So I hope you'll just keep doing that. Keep listening. Keep doing your work. Seek me out if you have some things that need to be fixed physically and blessings on you all. All right, y'all. This has been another enlightening and amazing episode of season three of Is That So? I told y'all this season we're focusing, we're deep diving, we're focusing on shadows. If you're following me, if you if you follow me, make sure you download the free guide to shadow work at becomingoutlier.com slash links. And you'll understand a deeper dive into understanding what shadows are. Thank you for being an outlier. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And please check my sister out. I would not have her on a show if she was not legit and lit, if she was not living in her truth. So again, y'all be blessed, mad love and respect. Agape. I'm out. <laughs>